The Chief Information Security Officer is the executive responsible for an organization's information and data security. Now, according to IDG's 2020 Security Priority Study, 61% of surveyed companies have a CISO, though the rate goes up to about 80% for large enterprises. Now, if you can imagine in Asia, that title is not a common occurrence. So from that perspective, we always wonder whether it's being held by a CIO or a CSO or somebody else. In today's podcast for Future CIO, we speak to Jeffrey Koch, VP Solutions Engineers for APJ for CyberArt, to talk about the top challenges facing CISOs in Asia. Jeffrey, welcome to Podcast for Future CIO. Thanks, Alan. Thank you for having me. Let's start off with the discuss- with the question or the definition of the roles. What is the difference between a CSO and a CISO in today's context and in Asia? Yep. So the CSO, the Chief Security Officer, look at all aspects of security, uh, including, for example, physical security badges, uh, you know, fire. Uh, the the whole the whole works in- mostly more focused on the physical aspect. The CISO, or the Chief Information Security Officer, the focus is really on the IT. And they're pre- looking at uh, preventing the company from getting uh, data breach, from external intrusions, and, and the like. So it's more focused on the IT systems, IT infrastructure, the applications, uh, and the data. You deal with a lot of companies in in the region. Is the CISO a common occurrence or are there more of them coming in, late, especially lately since 2020? Yep, I, I think uh, if we look at uh, APJ, uh, you know, prior to 2005, you, you never heard of this title. There, there's, no, there's hardly any CISO in uh, the, you know, the whole of APJ. But I think uh, from about 2005 to 2008, we start seeing the first few uh, in the market. And it's been gradually ramping up. Uh, if you look at all the uh, top uh, banks, top MNCs, top uh, enterprise, they would already have a CISO. And I think gradually we're seeing more and more organizations, uh, you know, requiring the role of a CISO to, you know, someone who's a subject matter, subject matter expert and who can take focus, right, out of the CIO's hands to really focus on the IT security for the organization. Uh, especially if you look at the past couple of years where there's a much rise, uh, much increased in, uh, cybercrime, in ransomware, in cyber attacks, the intensity is growing up a lot higher. So the needs for CISO, uh, has, you know, has greatly intense. So we are, we're seeing, you know, even smaller organizations, uh, looking to appoint a CISO or hire CISO to, you know, put their cybersecurity, uh, plans in place. What is driving the need to have a CISO, especially uh, these last couple of years? So I think a lot has to do with the the uh, the threats that has been accelerating the last couple of years. So take for example uh, ransomware, right? Uh, you know, seven years ago when you know the first couple of uh, ransomware came out, it wasn't that big of a problem, right? Uh, the ransom was small; it's about three hundred uh, US dollars. Most people paid, but today. If you look at the amount of ransomware that's in the market, it has grown in the, you know, since say seven years ago, it has grown in a matter of hundred and thousand fold, 
right? It, it went from a, an average of uh, 350 US dollars when I first saw it uh, as a first ransom to today. The enterprise average is in the hundreds of thousands of uh, dollars for, for ransom. So, you know, the threat has grown. It made it a lot easier. And there's a lot more, uh, you know, you, you might even hear about ransomware as a service. There are perpetrators out there that make it a lot easier for people to get into the game, to to be cyber criminals uh, without having the technical know-how. They just have to buy the service and they can go out and, you know, in make illegal money, right? Committing a cyber crime with ransomware as a service. And ransomware is just one type of attack. We also see uh, an acceleration of the, you know, other forms of uh, disruptive attacks as well as, uh, you know, nation-based uh Attack. So, in general, you can see the threat landscape is, you know, uh, accelerating, and I think uh, most organizations are starting to see that this is not a remote risk uh, to the business. They need someone that is that can really take focus, someone that really knows, uh, you know, IT security to basically lead the organization, put together a program, uh, you know, and navig- navigate the organization through this uh, cybersecurity plan to reduce that risk of them, uh, you know, reduce the risk of uh, data breach, reduce the risk of uh, business disruption from the increased uh, cyber threats. Now, beyond the threat landscape that you just highlighted, what are the operational challenges facing a CISO and the enterprise he or she represents? So besides the external threats, I think uh, there are also uh, several other, uh, I would say, uh, organization and regulation challenges. Uh, so the first and foremost is that there is, uh, you know, an evolving, uh, regulatory compliance, uh, because there's more attacks. So the governments and, uh, uh, bodies actually come up with more stringent, uh, regulations and organizations now have to comply to these regulations, whether it's the, uh, Personal Data Protection Act, or it is the, you know, in, in the famous uh, EU, there's GDPR. There's also data sovereignty uh, laws that have come into place. And, you know, for the different sector, there are also the, uh, you know, tighter enforcement on the security regulations. Now, beyond the regulations, internally, uh, you know, the organizations are also quickly moving to the cloud, especially with uh with you know COVID days where everyone is now working remote, so with a remote workforce, a lot of the traditional uh, strategy, right, where you know they they used to focus on perimeter security and protecting uh, everybody within the company boundary, they are now having to protect a lot of remote workers that are using services in the cloud. So a lot of the traditional uh, solutions that they put in place uh, are are now having to be largely modernized. They need to modernize both the technology, the people, and the process in this new new world where they're rapidly going into the cloud and people working uh, remote and working everywhere. Last but not least, there's also a huge uh, shortage of uh, talents, right? The CISO cannot do all of these uh, security programs on their own. They, they need to hire people. And, you know, with COVID it makes it a lot harder to hire in the modern day. And there's a, there's a huge shortage uh, in a lot of the development cities that we see. The, you know, it's getting high, harder to hire, harder to retain people. 
Uh, and yep, these uh, problems will continue to grow at least within the next 12 months uh, that we are seeing. What would be the composition of the team that reports to the CISO? And is there a dotted line to the CIO or perhaps somebody else in the C-suite? So it really depends on the uh, the nature of the business, the industry that the company is in. So we have seen CISOs that report to the CIO for organizations that uh, may not have a CSO. Right? We've also seen a CISO reporting to the uh, the chief risk officer that looks after all the risks. So in particularly for banks, for example, it's very common for the CISO to be not reporting to the CIO, but reporting to the uh, chief risk officer that looks at all the risks uh, that pose to uh, the company. And the CISO is helping to reduce the IT risk uh, or IT or cybersecurity risk to the organization. We've also seen for organization that's got a very strong CSO presence, uh, we've also seen the CISO to be part, to be reporting to the CSO as well. So it really depends on the construct of the organizations, how the IT, you know, the, the risk management or the CRO is being, uh, chief risk officer is being, uh, team is being organized as well as the chief security team is being organized. Uh, with regards to the people that are reporting to the CISO, there's usually a couple of groups. Uh, there's uh, typically one group that looks after uh, governance. So governance uh, to regulations and audit. So there'll be, there's typically one team. There's usually another group that looks after, for example, uh, identity. So everything to do with, say, uh, privilege access, identity security, identity lifecycle, identity governance. Uh, typically, there's a separate group that looks after that. There's usually another group that does uh, operation. That means anything that's been deployed, they're the ones that uh, keeps the light on. <laughs> you know, uh, do the day-to-day patching, upgrading, rolling out uh, uh, solutions. And usually, uh, depends on whether the organization has, uh, security operations. They might have a SOC team. So typically the SOC team will also report to the CISO. So these are the more common ones. Uh, the more elaborated, uh, organizations might have one or two more advanced, even more advanced teams like, uh, you know, threat research as well as, uh, <coughs> threat hunting teams. Uh, it sounds more like they're becoming an IT organization or security companies like CyberArk, your competitor. <laughs> no, they, they are partners. In fact, okay. uh, they are, the CISO team are the ones that really understand our business and the technology and, and they love us because, uh, we provide the tools and the processes that help them, uh, do their job, help them be more effective in uh, you know, competing against the, uh, the cyber criminals and the attackers. In fact, we always say that we are all on the same team, right? The other team is the attackers, the hackers, and the cyber criminals. We are on the good side. Okay. Now, given the role of the CISO, the CSO, CRO, and the CIO, who decides on the information security strategy for the organization and how, more importantly, how it is executed? So typically, the depends on the organization. Um, so for organizations that doesn't have a chief risk officer, which many organizations don't, uh, usually the CIO uh, would take uh, would, would set the direction and a strategy. Uh, 
Typically, if you have a CSO and a CIO, typically the CSO will set the, the direction of the general security, and then the CISO will work between the CIO and the CSO to determine what is the, uh, you know, the cybersecurity strategy and direction. Now, if there is a CRO, uh, the chief risk officer and a CISO is reporting to the uh, chief risk officer, then typically the, the risk determine, uh, the risk ma- management team typically determines the, the direction uh, together with the CISO. Does it make sense? Yeah, makes sense. Okay. We're coming down to the near the end of this thing. When is report as separating CISO from IT a good uh, option for an organization? I think typically when the organization mature to a point uh, where you see that the CIO and the CISO is uh, more effective, right, organizationally and structurally to be separated. Because as <clears throat> at some point in time, the, you'll see that the CIO, uh, one of their key mandate is to drive out uh, new solutions, new strategies, uh, you know, new offerings, uh, and you know adoption moving to the cloud digital transformation those are the CI, uh, CIO's uh, typical uh, top priorities now the CISO's top priority might not be fully aligned to the CIO because uh, some of the security initiatives some of the security directions uh, might put a, a damper if you will <laughs> onto the, uh, the the overall uh, uh, CIO's direction and strategy and in those cases, uh, we see that it might be more effective to put the uh, CISO into a separate, uh, you know, reporting line organization where they will be able to uh, work as a parallel stream together with the CIO to drive better efficiency and results for the organization. Somebody once told me that CISO is a, the chief no, office, no officer. <laughs> <laughs> well, a, a very good C, uh, CISO will tell you, uh, no, you shouldn't do this, but uh, this is the right way to do it, and this is how to do it. So the CISO is not there to basically close the door on the organization. Uh, an effective CISO is actually a business enabler. They are the ones that will tell the organizations, all right, understand where you want to go. This is how you can get there safely and effectively. They're not there to slow down the business. They're there to make sure that the business continue with minimal or reduced risk. As as we, if not, right? Uh, the last thing you want is the organization to be going too fast, but without the brakes, without the safety that uh, the security controls will provide, then you have a different set of problems where you might be at bigger risk of business disruption or data breach and so on. Right now, coming, uh, we're we are halfway through 2021. What do you see will be governance and security challenges, or or any challenges that will be facing the CISO for the remainder of the year? So, at at the current trajectory, uh, some of the things that I shared earlier, for example, ransomware will continue to be uh, an ongoing threat, uh, especially for organizations that are. Uh, less matured with less security control and governance. Ransomware continue to be uh, you know, a, a recurring team. We're seeing more organizations being affected and uh, you know with larger impact. Uh, we also see that the you know getting the right uh, staff 
right? Getting the right folks uh, into the team will remain a challenge because uh, traditionally where a lot of the IT talents uh, are from, right? For example, with India and uh, and other, you know, uh, where there's a huge resource pool, uh, you know, they can't travel, right? So they can't do the jobs uh, locally as, and you can't hire them. So we also start, we also see that, uh, you know, the move to the cloud, the move to SaaS for remote workers will continue to accelerate. And as a result of this, uh, digital transformation, the acceleration of digital transformation will bring about also increased risk to, uh, you know, because organization themselves may not have been as ready or prepared. So for example, pivoting from traditional, uh, Parameter security to say identity security, where identity security will be a more effective way, right? A more effective parameter to secure all your SaaS and your cloud. Uh, not all organizations are ready. So, uh, I think the, there's now, uh, we're seeing a lot of organizations, right? That are trying to very quickly adopt identity security to better protect their digital transformation. So there's, I think, it's more a uh, race against time uh, that they would, you know, a lot of CISOs are trying to, you know, where you have lack of people, but you have also uh, acceleration of adopt, uh, digital transformation. And then your lack of people, but you also need to do it faster. So I think that would be the, the big team uh, that we see, you know, at least for the second half of this year. Uh, last but not least, what do you see will be CISO priorities for next year, 2022? That's a hard think, one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I think as the world uh, starts to open up, the you know, we are coming from a pandemic to an endemic world, uh, you know, to manage the, the ongoing risk in the hybrid workspace and the threats that it continues to. So traditionally, for example, you have to invest, right? Uh, let's say two years ago, a lot of the investment goes into uh, infrastructure and protecting, you know, your, your infra. Now, because of COVID, you have people that are, you know, remoting, uh, working remote and you have set up everything for a remote or hybrid work. Then the next group where we go into an endemic world where you have people not wanting to come back and you have people that are wanting to be mobile and everything in between, right? Uh, addressing those challenge, uh, from the people, right? Again, with those, uh, people challenges also come with a new sense of, so how do the security program, right? For organization continue to evolve, right? In the full remote to hybrid to both. So, uh, that will become, that will be continuing and, uh, an evolving challenge. So, uh, we see a lot of CISOs, uh, you know, accelerating their digital transform, continue to accelerate their digital transformation. It wouldn't end by second half this year. Uh, you know, the digital transformation cycle will continue on to next year as well, right? With the same level of acceleration and, you know, to handle all the new problems that, uh, they probably haven't figured out. So I think uh, for organizations that have not, that are in the early days of uh, digital transformation, uh, they will need to quickly learn, right? And because of the workforce challenge, right? Uh, yeah, a lot of the same things that we see in the second half will continue to play out into 2022 as well. Okay, more of the same. Oh, 
<laughs> I'm not sure that's good or bad. More of the same. Uh, I'll say in a way it's good because the a lot of the momentum that we started in twenty, uh, you know, twenty twenty and twenty twenty one, uh, you start to see a lot of the dividends come out in twenty twenty two, right? Uh, you already you already on that track. You already on that journey, right? It's just that when you're on that journey, where you previously was, you know. Every, Everything from one side to the right side, and now have to go on both sides. Uh, you know, the organizations will 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 learn to adopt, and they will scale up and adopt uh, policies as well as technology that will be able to effectively address uh, both environments. They have done it before. It's just expanding that scale and you know, uh, living with the the new norm. Living with the new norm, Jeffrey. Thank you for joining us on Podcasts for Future CIO. Thank you, Alan. It's been a pleasure.